is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Red Belt Report. The monthly podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm Bruce Phelan. And it's been a while since we podcasted because there was almost a two-month stretch there between UFC pay-per-views. But it's good to be back. Yeah. It's actually not that much to talk about, but for the amount of time anyway, but... Yeah, it's been uh, lackluster year so far. Yeah, these cards are just kind of, and we'll get into it, but not super strong so far as we rebound from an incredible year in 2016, to be fair. It's it's to be expected. They might have a little bit of a down period here. But yeah, um, we're going to talk about UFC 208, UFC Fight Night 103, 104, UFC on Fox 23, and a couple Bellator cards that happened in January and early February. So how's uh, yeah. how's the year going? Oh, it's not too bad. It's uh, it's going. I guess it's winter time. I hate winter time. To be fair, again, I, it's not to say that a hundred times already. Uh, it's been pretty warm for winter around here. Yeah, that's not too bad. I guess it really sucks for you as a mailman. That's right. Today was really cold and windy. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, I'm in the warm kind confines of my home now. It's happy, happy time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so the last podcast we did was the award show which i thought went pretty well yeah if anyone hasn't checked it out yet give it a listen it's on youtube and it's on our uh, itunes accounts and website so yeah i guess i should say i'm going to put out all of our episodes on youtube on the the red box report youtube channel so if anyone is interested subscribe to that and they'll show up there yeah, or subscribe I, to the Red Belt Report or the Red Box Report on iTunes, and you'll get all of our episodes. Yeah, I used to do that when I had an iPhone, but I always like like the Joe Rogan podcast. Always watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and the MMA hours on there. I mean, yeah, yeah. You got to get your stuff out there in as many outlets as possible. Everyone uses different stuff to to listen to these things. Yeah, it's crazy. Like even Joe Rogan puts his stuff on like Vimeo and. YouTube and iTunes and everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But let's get into some fights. Uh, Ultimate Fight Night or UFC Fight Night uh, 103 took place in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, This was like my birthday weekend. I think it was like 15th, something like that. Yeah. Um, You had Yair Rodriguez knocking out or TKOing BJ Penn in the second round in the main event. Yeah. This was a sad sight to behold. Very, very, very. I mean, so, coming into it, I think we both expected Yair to style on him, but this was bad. This was really ugly. Yeah, it was, I definitely could have done without seeing And I mean, it's exactly what you pretty much expected, but like, I, I see myself every time like these BJ Penn fights come around. I'm like, maybe it'll be different, you know? Maybe I, like me drinking Kool-Aid, I guess. But, you know, it was the same old shit. He looks slow. He looks... Like, I don't know, leafless. It was just like, 
three times slower than you are, if not more. I mean, it, you look like an amateur against a professional, what yeah. BJ said, but the other way around. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you knew it. You knew it because the last time BJ Penn fought was against Frankie Edgar at the Ultimate Fighter finale where he looked similar, similarly terrible. Yeah. And he retired after that, and for good reason. But just like you said, in your mind, you just imagine the good times, like when he was in his peak, and maybe there's a chance he could rebound and get back to that. But it's almost never the case. And yeah, it, it was, was a long time ago. Yeah, it was embarrassing to watch, honestly. Yeah. It, he's almost too tough for his own good, taking huge shot after huge shot. I mean, he, I don't know. I kind of wish he would have got knocked out sooner because he took a lot of damage. Unnecessarily yeah. here. He's just walking then right into him. Yeah, yeah. And, and like no head movement, it was crazy. That weight cut can help. I mean, 145, this guy was a 170-pound champion at one point. Yeah, like, like I guess towards the end of his prime, I guess whatever, 2012-ish or whatever, maybe before that, he was like blowing up and like wasn't training very good and all that stuff, and now he's like going down 145. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this guy fought... Leona Machida, at like 186 pounds or something, or 190 yeah. pound catch weight at one point, and there he is, 145 pound, look like uh, anorexic. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully he's retired for good this time. I'm, I'm sure he will be, but Bellator I mean, might scoop him up. But it was bad. I, I will say I thought he looked a little better than he looked against Frankie Edgar. Oh, for sure. He was doing that tippy toe bullshit against Frankie Edgar, but yeah. I agree. Still was not very good. No. And on the other hand, Yair Rodriguez obviously looked amazing. But is this – it's coming off of this performance. Like, I love Yair Rodriguez. I think he's got a ton of potential. Could be a potential contender or even champion one day. But it's hard to take away anything from this. He looked yeah. great. But look, you know, that's BJ Penn way past his prime, shot worn. I feel like I could have went out there and, <laughs> and looked good. You know, and I can't yeah. fight. <laughs> I think anything less out of him, and it would have been kind of like a loss for him almost. Yeah, I mean, a risky fight to take. He had almost, I mean, I say nothing to gain, but to have a, a win against BJ Penn on your resume, I guess, in hindsight, he knew it was pretty safe bet he'd get the win, have a big name on his resume, and hopefully catapult himself into something bigger, which I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think he's definitely getting up there in contention, and it's good to get a main event yeah. against BJ Penn. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'd see how it makes sense taking a fight. Yeah, you get some eyeballs. Like, this thing is, wow, those aren't words, but this is his <laughs> second main event in a row. If, I think the Caceres fight was a main event as well. Uh, I yeah, believe I so. Was. And, um, yeah. yeah, so get the eyeballs. He's a exciting, young, talented fighter who... You know, you need – he's someone that could – I could see being a star at some point, at least with his demographic. He's Latin American. They don't have too many big-name fighters in that part of the world. Yeah, he's exciting too. Yeah. I, I don't know. He, he's he got to work on cutting the promos, but yeah. he'll get there. He'll get there. Um, yeah, so what do you think is next for him? Um, it's an I exciting like weight top class. Five, top ten fight, yeah. As we'll talk about it later, but especially with the return of Korean Zombie, like there's a lot of exciting fights that I'd like to see. Maybe Yair versus Duho Choi. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I didn't even think about that. Or Yair versus. Charles Swanson. Uh, 
Yeah, Cub Swanson. Well, they already announced Cub Swanson's fighting Artem Lobov. What? In his next fight. Really? Yeah, main eventing a fight night card in Nashville, Tennessee. I thought that was like the weirdest matchmaking I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Coming off a huge win and look like he's the next title challenger after Max Holloway, potentially. And he fights Artem Lobov, who is one of the worst fighters on the roster, in my yeah, opinion. I don't even know how he's still on the roster. He won his last fight against another garbage guy. Yeah, it was a terrible fight, though. Yeah, it's really weird. Unless they just want Cub to get an impressive, easy win to set him up for the next title shot. That's the only possible scenario I can think of. Not yeah, to get off yeah, track. That's, but, that's, and that's a main that's, event. That's embarrassing. But yeah, yeah <laughs> Yair versus anyone. Duho Choi versus anyone. Korean Zombie versus anyone. Um, um, you got my money. Yeah. And put them against each other and even better. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. But also on this card, we had Joe Lozon defeating Marcin Held by decision. was kind of a, a bogus decision. Even Lozon afterwards was like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't think I won, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> And uh, But disappointing for Marcin Heller, the guy that got brought over from Bellator, looked like a decent prospect. Yeah. And now he's 0-2 against two like older guys who I kind of thought were on the way down. That's, yeah. that's not a good start. Yeah, it's crazy. Joe Lozon fights a lot, man. Yeah, I mean, he's always fun to watch. He, yeah. Even when he loses, he goes out there. He's not going to just walk around not do anything he's going to be active it's good yeah he's got like 12 bonuses or something crazy like that oh yeah he's definitely up there as far as most ufc post-fight bonuses go uh i think yeah it's between 12 and 15 somewhere in there and uh yeah i guess <laughs> old joe what who did he just fight before this um uh, jim miller rematch right yeah, yeah. he lost but fought uh, Diego Sanchez before that. Yeah, yeah, and knocked him out. So, weird last couple fights. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess they'll just keep putting him out there against anyone that uh, they think would make an exciting fight. Yeah, he's kind of like middle-of-the-road gatekeeper almost. Similar to Jim Miller as well. They're kind of yeah. both older guys who've passed their prime but still can go out there and put on an exciting fight. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know if Held is going to get cut or not. 0-2 against Diego Sanchez and Joe Lozon. Yeah, well, it's the way they're cutting people lately. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's got one more fight. He, he better hope he wins that one. But Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have Ben Saunders defeated Court McGee by decision. Um, this is not a super entertaining fight. No. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Ben Saunders. Two rounds of it. Yeah. I like both guys, but they're both kind of, I don't know, especially Court McGee. He's solid everywhere, but not exciting anywhere. Yeah. At least Ben Saunders can can, uh, throw some wacky stuff out there and go for some cool submissions, but not necessarily this time, but I'm glad he he won. I like him more than Court McGee. Yeah. I like them both. I mean, Ben Saunders gets a 10 player to do the two, so that's cool. He gave a shout out to some internet group after the fight. So, really? <laughs> yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real. 
Uh, the only other fight of note on this card, which was not my favorite card overall, yeah. to be honest, even though it was my birthday weekend. I'm just sitting here looking at it. It's not the most stellar card. Yeah, not at all. Stretch. <laughs> but Sergio Pettis defeated John Moraga by decision. And uh, I was surprised that Pettis was able to beat a guy as good as Moraga. And it makes me think maybe he's finally developing, coming along. He's still super young. I think he's like 23, 24. Uh, looked pretty good here. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's just uh, tough for me to come around with Sergio Pettis. I know. I don't know what to think of him. I, I, I can't get excited for him, but I, I'm happy to see him have success. It's yeah, for At sure. least a new name in that division that's so thin. Hopefully, you know, any new contenders you can get, I'll take right yeah. now. Especially with, like, the downfall of his brother. It's just, like, I don't know if he's got the yeah. right people around him. I don't. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that keeps falling at the most crucial moments. But it was a good win for him. Yeah, and like you said, I think his brother's way more talented. And look at how he's been doing lately. Not very well. Yeah. So, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to look at him and think he's going to be able to put it all together when his much more talented brother couldn't even do it. Yeah, definitely. But uh, he was supposed to fight Juicier for Miga. Maybe they can put that fight together uh, still. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Shifting gears <coughs> to Bellator. Oh, boy. The best place on earth. Uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chow Sonnen. Now, this was a doozy. Legend uh, killing tour. <laughs> yeah. Tito submits Chow uh, in the first round. Quickly. Very quickly. Um, Chael Sonnen, first fight in, I want to say, three or four years. First fight with Bellator and uh, with drug testing in place. <laughs> Didn't look good. He looked scared almost. Yeah. Uh, or so they say. I mean, I think Tito Ortiz kind of looked like he was on steroids. Maybe. I mean, I would not put anything past anyone in a Bellator cage. more ripped than he has in a while. Yeah, I guess maybe he was just getting embarrassed by Chael's uh, trash talk, and that motivated him to actually put in the time. Or put in the steroids. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of talk about was this a work? There was a weird yeah. finger thing when Chael had him in a submission hold, and he kind of let go. I don't think it was fixed, but I just I think, think so either. I, just, I mean, Tito looked a lot bigger than Chael, and we've seen this from Chael before, where he goes out there and just gets wiltered by somebody. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is just what, like, I heard someone else say on another podcast: um, when you have two old guys going out there and having a fight, stuff's going to look weird. Yeah, like you're going to see stuff that you're not used to seeing with like young, upper tier elite athletes. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, Chael was, Chael was going for the guillotine for a while, and it looked tight, but you could just tell how much bigger Tito yeah. looked, like, in his arm that he was never going to get that choke. He just yeah. didn't have the leverage on it. And, and I, didn't, I knew it. I, I didn't, knew it as soon as he, like, started putting it on, I knew he was just going to give it up and not yeah. pull out his arms. Yeah, exactly. And I <clears> thought was, um, Tito's sorry. choke even didn't look like it was that deep, and, and Chael tapped pretty quickly. Yeah, it was on for like a while, and he was like wiggling around in it, and then his head turned, and 
it was over. It was. It didn't look like it was under the chin or anything. Yeah, it was like he gave up, just had enough. Yeah. Which, Cashed his paycheck. Like I said, we've seen it out of jail before, like when he fought like Rashad. And exactly, Shogun. No, he him. he did that to Shogun. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he's had a, like uh, Paulo Filo. I think he had yeah. a similar thing. Yeah, he's known for uh, being a choke artist, literally. And <laughs> I'm sure that's not the last we've seen of him. Yeah, I'm sure it's not either. He can still talk. And he got fi- he got fired from the Celebrity Apprentice uh, like the next day or the next couple day- couple days later <laughs> for cheating in the competition. Yeah, he like cut a cord or something. <laughs> yeah, he cut the wire to the computer. <laughs> it was pretty good. I stopped watching after he got eliminated. Really? Yeah, it's it's not that. All right, so Arnold is the new guy. Took over. Yeah. He's fine. He's he's funny. He's got his lines and whatever. But he's the the host is not a big part of that show. It ultimately ultimately comes down to the cast. I just don't think the cast that they had was really entertaining at all. Yeah. This year, I've liked other I, seasons I want- better, but. I watched a few clips of it, just yeah. really chill clips. But it's a I did cheesy, watch the one of him. cheesy show. Then, yeah, I watched the one of him cutting the cord, and it was just like, is this real life? Like, it just didn't seem natural at all. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that, for sure. But yeah, also on that card, there was at least one awesome thing that happened when Paul Daly almost pulled a MVP, Michael Venom Page, and flying need Brennan Ward in the head. And knocked him out. I didn't see that. It was almost another uh, skull caving incident. That really? it was Damn. pretty. Br- look up the highlight on YouTube when we're done here, because it was pretty sick. It's crazy. And they've since announced that Paul Daly will be fighting Rory McDonald in April. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's uh, that's interesting. It's a fun fight for Rory's first one. I think he'll easily take care of business there. But there's always a puncher's chance with Paul Daly. He's got power. Who did he knock out? What, just recently? Yeah. Brandon Ward. He's like the Irish guy, Irish white guy who's, he's got power too. He kind of fights crazy. You probably would yeah. have seen him before. Yeah, I think I have. Um, but also, Paul Daly was in that awesome fight with Nick Diaz. It lasted a round or two. And Nick Diaz knocked him out, but they were just rock 'em sock 'em robots each other. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's an awesome name. <laughs> you just watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good stuff. Uh knockout of the year potential. Yeah, that's awesome. Throw yeah. back to our would you? <laughs> Hit him with the elbow first too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's a cool feature to watch a knockout right on the on the air. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um tour one seventy one was the next weekend and not anywhere near as big a card. It was main evented by Chidi Nakatani, or no, Enjikawani. That's what it is. Chidi Enjikawani defeating Melvin Guillard by like 30 25 scorecards, like just a pure beatdown. Was that bad? Yeah, it was awful. Guillard has to quit. Yeah, so let's say, when is he going to retire? Dude is like lost six out of his last seven or something crazy and. Just he's only like thirty one, I think, but he's old in fighter years. Like he's got yeah. sixty fights under his belt at least, and it's a maniac. Yeah, yeah, 
I would uh, advise him to, you know, hang him up. Yeah. Leave those gloves in the middle of the cage. So back to UFC. We had Fox 23, headlined by Valentina Shevchenko, submitting Juliana Pena, which I don't think anyone saw coming. No, that was big. Uh, big. Armbarred Pena in the second round, and really, it just looked like she was just a higher caliber fighter, outclassed her yeah. in almost every way. Yeah, it was surprising. Yeah, I picked Juliana Pena, and almost immediately I was like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. It just even when she had her against the cage and and uh, in the clinch where she wanted her, I just she was barely doing anything effective and seemed like Shevchenko was just biding her time, and that's exactly what she was doing. And, uh, yeah, very impressive by Shevchenko here. Looks like she's fighting uh, Amanda Nunes again for the title next time out. Really? They announced that? They didn't officially announce it, but Dana White afterwards said that's definitely going to be the fight, which means it's probably 50-50 whether it is or not. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the most likely scenario. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the first time they fought wasn't very exciting, but Nunes won. Uh, but it looked like she was getting tired in the third round so if it's a five round title fight maybe Shevchenko can uh, can was pull it off was that in 2016? yeah that was the same night um, Misha Tate took Holly Holmes title oh yeah that was like the first fight on the pay-per-view uh, I'd like to see it again I mean I'm not super yeah, I mean, excited it about it I just think Shevchenko is like a fighter that she's really really good but just not really exciting. She's smart, though, in that way. That's why her fights aren't very exciting, because she actually comes in with a great game plan, executes it, and, and does whatever she has to do to win, whether it's, you know, go all out or sit back and bide your time. Yeah, I mean, she definitely looks great in this fight. I mean, dude saw her going to the ground with Pena and submitting her. I mean, yeah. literally nobody. Yeah, exactly. And Nunez obviously been looking incredible lately and looks like she's improved a lot since the, even just a year ago. So, yeah. Be interesting fight. Maybe yeah, they can I throw so. that on the Brazil card in June or something. Yeah. Give her a fight in Brazil. Yeah. Yep. I'm not on the Nunez train yet. I'm not. I don't know. I don't like her. You got, you got to get on the train, man. Yeah. <laughs> been on it for years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you saw UFC 212, they announced it's going to be in Brazil in June, and Jose Aldo versus Max Holloway is expected to headline. I thought it was official. Well, uh, Dana White said it's all but done, so pretty much, but just not, you know, you can't buy tickets yet. Yeah. Um, so I they think, got a flyer out for it. Or, you know, oh, did they? Maybe it is official then since the last time I saw it. It's very possible. It's all on the Wikipedia. It's got to be true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they throw uh, Nunez Shevchenko as the co-main event on there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would make sense. Get their Brazilian stars in front of the Brazilian people. Make them look good with the crowd behind them. Get one real title on the card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, wow, disappointing co-main event, at least for me, on the Fox card. Jorge Masvidal goes out there and knocks out Donald Cerrone twice. In one fight uh, in the second round. Yeah, that was 
Really disappointing because obviously Donald Cerrone on a four-fight win streak since moving up to welterweight looked incredible. There's looked like, awful. Looked like, I mean, had been looking incredible before yeah. this fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Looked like he was in line for a title shot with another win or two, and instead he comes out flat as hell. Just looked way off. Did not look like himself at all. Maybe he had was nursing an injury from training camp or from, didn't fully recover from the last fight because he did take some big shots from. Matt Brown in that one. Yeah. But, yeah, he looked flat. And Masvidal has always been a pretty solid fighter. If you look at his resume or his record, even in the UFC, like he's got some losses, but most of them were split decisions against tough competition. They could have yeah. gone either way. And, uh, man, he, he looked really good. As bad as Serrano looked, he looked pretty good. He's always had good boxing, and, and he proved he, he had the better boxing at least on that night. What did yeah, you think? Sure. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just going to say that, like, Donald's Cerrone was, like, constantly dropping his left hand, and his distance was way off. He looked, I mean, it was, like, either standing right in front of him or way far away from him, or it just it was looked way off in that in terms of distance. And um, Masvidal did a great job of sending him, like, his jab and his yeah. other hand, like, right down the middle, and it was catching Serrani the whole time. Yeah. Masvidal <clears> definitely <throat> found his range before Donald was able to. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know what. He just didn't look crisp, Serrani. He just, yeah, he just couldn't find his rhythm, couldn't find his range all night. And, and you can tell like, he got knocked down. He got knocked down at the beginning of that first round, and it got him up and out of his corner, and you could tell he was the fight was over. He was like, he looked defeated like i thought it was a horrendous job herb dean who had a did a similar similar horrendous job at uh when the bisbing silva fight in february of last year <clears throat> which i thought should have been called off again here clearly he stepped in before the bell rang yeah he got in between with his arm up in between yeah. he was waving it off, I thought. before the bell rang at least yeah. one or two seconds before and then says no that's just the end of the round and you could just, yeah. like you said, you could tell Serrini was out. Like, he yeah. did not know what was going on. Comes out oh. clearly not recovered and quickly finished in the second yeah. round. But Yeah, I mean, he looked – they should have never let him go out in the second round. No, they should have should have called it off, thrown in the towel. Yeah. But, I mean, easy to say when he goes out and loses. But just – I could also envision a, a thing where it kind of – Gets a chance to recover, Frankie Edgar style. You know, he's his classic yeah, yeah. way of doing it, and ends up winning the fight somehow. So, yeah, I just feel like Donald Trump not that person. That's he's true. Either, he's got it, or he doesn't. Exactly. Win. Yeah, he just seems like once every five or six fights for him, he comes out just like this, just doesn't look right, and can never get it going. And then he'll come out. Watch, he'll come back in a month or two and look great again. It's just yeah. the way he is. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's always the big fights, too. Like, this was hometown right. against George. They've been talking so much shit back and forth, and he came out and looked terrible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do you think's next uh, for Cowboy? Do you give him a step um, down? Do you continue with what you're doing? Does he go back to lightweight? I don't know if I'd go back to lightweight, because I think he's looked great at that weight, and I don't think size was an issue in this fight or anything like that. Agreed. I think he just thinks he figure out what the fuck his head problem is. He's, I think he's a little bit of a head case as much as he seems to be like a badass dude or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Maybe like another 
mid welterweight. See what I guess he could theoretically go back to lightweight, but I don't know if that's the right move. No, I don't think it is. I think he's this is the right weight for him. I think that yeah. that much is sure. He's looked bad like this at lightweight. I don't think, like you said, he's a head case, and I don't think that's ever going to get solved all yeah. the way. Um, he is what he is at this point. I say I want to still see that Robbie Lawler fight. I don't care. I mean, Lawler's coming off the loss too, so it's loss against loss. Yeah, I agree. Um, winner gets kind of right back into the thick of things. Loser maybe has to take a step back. But uh, that's just a fight I'm dying to see. And if not that, I mean, there's plenty of good welterweights out there. Some good matchups to throw him against. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of one other than Lawler because I'm just so fixated on that. But yeah, see, I want to see that fight, but I also like, like I really like Donald Cerny. I like Robbie Lawler also. Yeah, I don't really want to see in a little loss. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah, maybe get them yeah. both a win and then have them fight each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it does have to happen, but I never believe. Yeah, maybe give him the loser of Woodley and and Thompson. Yeah, I mean, he's got to take a break. I, it won't, probably won't be a long break, but he's got to at least take a little bit of time off. Dude, Donald. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying give Donald Cerrone the loser of that fight? Yeah, or Lawler, either one. Yeah, I think Lawler would probably do better for that. Yeah, I just don't. He's changed camps. Haven't heard much about him. Yeah, that's crazy. I they offered him that Nick Diaz fight, but obviously Nick turned it down. Yeah. Uh, so so where's he training now? I'm not sure. I just know he's not with ATT anymore. Yeah, I know he left. I just didn't know where he was at. Now. Yeah, me either. Be cool to see him. At, <clears throat> be cool to see him at like uh, Greg Jackson's or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll land wherever he. Someone they'll take him. Whoever, wherever he wants to go, they'll 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 let him in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think's next for Masvidal? I mean, this was a huge step up for him, and he answered the bell. They were talking about giving him a Nick Diaz fight, but I don't see any way he would accept. That yeah, if he's not even going to accept a Robbie Lawler fight, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. It would be an awesome he's fight. He's definitely up there now. I mean, Donald was right up there by a title shot. So by theory, Masvidal has to be now too. So yeah, I mean, there's so much talent at welterweight. I mean, yeah, Maya's sitting back waiting. You got Woodley Thompson, Lawler, even Condit if he's ever wants to come back is up there. <clears throat> Yeah, that would be a good fight for him. Carlos yeah. Or Damian Maya. And Nick Diaz might come back. GSP might come back. I mean, pretty much I want to see him fight in a top 10 guy again next time. Out. We haven't given, up, haven't given up on GSP yet? Nah, I still haven't given up on that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I think the UFC is getting desperate. It's true. That's very true. And they might finally give in to, the, to his demands. But, yeah, basically – Give Masvidal another top ten guy, and if he can win another another one, then give him a definitely like contender fight after that. Yeah. But all right, so we also had <laughs> the death of Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> as Francis Ngannou just decimated him. Was not yeah. even close. I mean, this guy looks like a beast. Yeah, I know Arlovsky has the glass jaw and hasn't looked great lately, but he did have. I mean, he's been so up and down in his career champion to out of the UFC to back looking great and now looking terrible again but <laughs> Ngannou yeah. just looked like he was the 10-15 year veteran against the guy who's only been fighting for three years yeah it must be it's crazy being a heavyweight like a career heavyweight like Andre Arlovsky just going up against killers for yeah. 10 years yeah exactly 
I mean, he's been knocked down so many times now. It's crazy. Yeah, he should not be allowed to fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times can a guy get knocked out? But uh, Ngano, I mean, the way he submitted, I can't remember who it was, but his last time out, he like he was the guy who was just known for being a raw power puncher. Then he yeah. goes out there and submits a guy. Anthony Hamilton. Anthony Hamilton, right. Well, maybe in hindsight that's not that impressive since he got knocked out. the way he did it. Like he yeah. like, strong-armed him. Like, yeah. Kimura. Like and, threw him to the ground by one arm. Mm-hmm. And then his boxing looks sharp. Like, he's improving fast, this yeah. guy. I mean, he's literally only been fighting since 2013, and he's and already in love with him. Yeah, top 10 heavyweight. I can definitely see him being a champion one day, or at least fight, like, going up for the belt. Yeah. But, man, his fists are like sledgehammers, man. He's got sick power. Yeah, I mean, he's a monster of a person. Yeah. And Dana White is very high on him, so I think he's definitely going to be moving up fast. Yeah, I'd like to see him fight an Overeem or yeah, um, even like if Derek Lewis beats Travis Brown, Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou, just these two guys with ridiculous power will come up. But again, I, that's another one where I don't want to see either one get knocked off. So yeah, I don't know. That's tough. But I think Arlowski either needs to – Hang him up or take a serious step down. And yeah, get, I mean, get a chance maybe to take like one more money fight. Maybe yeah. like trying to go to Japan or something. I was going to say, Josh, did he just fight Josh Barnett? Um, who? Arlovsky? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Let me see. I know he just fought some. some decent, yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. Said. That was the fight pass card at uh, Bader and. Gustafson were on, yeah. So, and Barnett's suspended anyway, but someone like that. Maybe uh, Roy Nelson or something. Yeah, that'd be, be applicable. <laughs> yeah, but just quit, man. Yeah, I'd definitely. Or like Brennan Schwab should come out of retirement fighting him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that'll main event a, uh, a card in Philadelphia or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we had Jason Knight defeating Alex Caceres by second round submission to kick off the Fox card. And fun little fight here. Uh, Jason Knight is a guy to keep your eye on. I heard him called uh, Hick Diaz. Yeah. As a nickname because he's like a country bumpkin who fights like a Diaz brother, like just really entertaining to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. and he was, it was. This was a fun fight. Caceres is. A decent fighter. I mean, he's lost a lot, but he's always fighting good guys. I was surprised by it. I thought Alex was going to win coming in because I didn't know much about Jason Knight, but uh, yeah, I was I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, Jason Knight. He's a guy that just comes out, throws down. He's good everywhere on the feet, on the ground. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see him. You know, make a step up here, and. Maybe Yair Rodriguez? No, I don't know. That's probably too big a step up. But someone in top 15, top 20 range. Yeah, what is he ranked? Who, Jason Knight? Yeah. I don't think he is. Yeah, not mine anyway. <laughs> yeah, not mine either. I mean, featherweight's really deep for yeah, yeah. losing a champion like Conor McGregor and still having uh, a lot of great fighters. Not my champion. <laughs> when uh, is Chad Mendez coming back? Like another year. Yeah, he's still got a year. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe a year and a half. Jesus. 
Oh, well. <laughs> R.I.P. Life goes on. And Sam Alvey defeated Nate Marcourt by decision. I can't believe Nate Marcourt is still fighting. Yeah, he's another one of those guys. Like, Jesus Christ. Talk about getting knocked out a lot and yeah. <laughs> not looking the same. Every, like, looking worse and worse each time. How do they have, like, people like, yeah, man, go at it again. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? And he must not be spending his money wisely. Yeah, right. Uh, Sam Alvey, though, I mean, he's a solid fighter. Um, always is on the prelims of a decent card. Seems to fight frequently. Never gets, like, a step up. He's always fighting middle-of-the-road guys no matter what. Yeah. No matter how many times he wins. But he's just, like, a solid company man who's just reliable. Trains with Dan Henderson, I like him. <laughs> He's got a supermodel wife. He's got yeah, that going for him. It's true. Um, um, real quick, I just remembered. We yeah. forgot to. I forgot to mention because um, we said something about money. Chael Sonnen only got paid fifty thousand dollars on that last belt. Oh yeah, that's right. Crazy. That's crazy. And that's just that's a thing. Like I un I completely sympathize or empathize, whichever is the correct word, with the fighters who are all of a sudden looking for better deals and trying to negotiate better pay because I don't think they get paid close to enough. But yeah. Bellator ain't paying nobody. It's like they're paying even less than the UFC. So yeah, there's got to be tough. some kind of hidden, like, hidden things in that deal. There has to be. Yeah. There's no way he went and signed a deal with Bellator for $50,000. Yeah, I don't get Just it. Just like, because, I mean, what was what's the... You know, what, what's there to sweeten the deal and make them go to Bellator and not back to the UFC? Well, I know they can get their own advertisers. Maybe is that what it is? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, sponsors, that's true. Sponsors is what I meant. Um, Benson Henderson, like, even look at his contract. He's making, like, 30 and 30 at most, I think. Really? Yeah, it's not a lot. Oh, shit. Um, I was, like, really surprised when I saw how little he was making. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, even Lorenz Larkin, who's making, like, I want to say 79 and 79 with the UFC and yeah. he's <clears throat> he's a free agent and holding out for a better deal it's like you're not going to get better than that on the yeah, open market crazy. <clears throat> but yeah I Is feel that, for the guys but aren't most UFC deals structured to go up as they win I think most of them are I think like the free agent signings the bigger free agent signings are a little different yeah like um, I don't know I, I don't know exactly but most of them have escalators, for sure, when you're first yeah. getting started. <clears throat> but last fight on the Fox card that was worth noting is Rafael Asensio defeating Aljamain Sterling by decision. This was a good fight, close fight. Uh, Sterling now, two losses in a row. Lost to Brian Caraway and now this, but obviously against two top ten guys in the weight class. Uh, good win for Asensio. The guy just goes out there super solid. Wins most fights. Uh, he lost T.J. Dillashaw, but no shame in that. Yeah. Um, I think he should... I actually would like to see a Sun Tau fight Dominic Cruz in his, like, bounce-back fight. That'd be good. That'd be a yeah. really good fight. It's a good test for Cruz to see if he, you know, if he still has it or not. Because a Sun Tau, I think, is like a barometer of top five. Like a gatekeeper into the top five, almost. Yeah. And um, just be a fun fight to watch. Yeah, it was, it was a big loss for Sterling. Yeah, it's a shame. He's a good prospect. I, he has a lot of talent. You can see it. 
He's just not aggressive enough, in my opinion. Yeah, he just got that new contract and he's lost two in a row. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> to me, he just lets his opponents dictate the fight too much. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's still, like, really young. I think he's 24, something like that, and with a good camp. I don't know. He just needs to take a step back, lesser competition for a couple fights, try to regain some confidence, work on some stuff. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Hopefully. But let's move on to Ultimate UFC Fight Night 104. (laughs) (laughs) Korean Zombie versus Dennis Bermudez. And this was an awesome fight, even though it only lasted two minutes. It was pretty uh, back and forth, high volume the whole way. And Korean Zombie just uppercut from hell, knocks him out after three and a half years away from the sport. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Korean Zombie, always been one of my favorite guys. Always been exciting ever since WEC days. and I was excited for his comeback and hoping he would get the win because Bermudez is certainly a tough guy. He's only the second time he's been knocked out. Um, just a solid top borderline 10, 15 guy. And yeah, I was surprised to see this fight main event, though. Yeah, well, that's every one of these fight nights lately. Yeah, but I mean, just like like they had to say they had to reintroduce GSP to the audience, but then they come with the main event with Chance and Jung. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it would have been a sick like co-main event on a fight night or or a third fight down. Yeah. But yeah, just the fact that we'll get to it when we preview what's coming up. But even like. What is it? The the London card in April is headlined by Corey Anderson versus um, the guy, uh, Jimmy Manoa. Oh, sweet. Like, what? That's a main <laughs> event? Like, that's a decent fight. I'm, I mean, I want to see that fight, but that's like a... Makes no sense. Yeah. The O2 be, Arena. Yeah, that should be like second, third fight from the top. Oh, this card is garbage. It is ridiculously bad. Oh uh, we'll get to that on the next episode. That's a ways away. But, yeah, like you said, weird main event, but still awesome fight. As far as, like, even the card quality on all these cards that we're talking about, they're razor thin. Yeah, definitely. Paper thin. Like, even the main events that are fights I want to see, they're just not main event quality. Yeah. Especially now with, like, the past six months that we've had. Yeah. Yeah, it went from like high octane, legit, awesome stuff. I don't know. Just I think it's a lot of bad luck with injuries and really it's yeah. the contract stuff. Yeah, and I just don't think they planned it out right. Yeah, they did it. You cash in big, but is it worth it? Because you're not going to cash in much for the next three months. Yeah, I mean they bought the company in July and then they had six months of pretty good cars and then it's just nothing. I mean, some of them are embarrassingly bad. Yeah, I saw that 205 made New York City, or New, the state of New York, like $37 million in profit or something. Damn, that's so crazy. I guess they don't regret legalizing MMA. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like, you're cutting all of this stuff out of the UFC to make profit margins bigger and make more money, and then the product you're coming out with is, like this list of title fights coming up is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's going to rebound at some point. It's just a matter of when. Khabib and Tony for lightweight in turn. Like, what? I mean, that's an amazing fight. 
Well, for interim wait, isn't it for the interim? Yeah, it is. We'll get yeah. to it, but I mean, yeah, that's stupid. But whatever, it's an awesome fight. Five rounds, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a good fight. I can't argue with that. But everybody's been waiting to see it. But the interim shit just pisses me off. Yeah, that's get used to it. I have a feeling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The, they'll do anything at this point. It seems like, but. Back to the fight night card. Uh, Felice Herrig defeated Alexa Grasso by decision and very disappointing performance by the much-hyped prospect Grasso. Um, just did not, like, similar to what I was saying about Sterling, was just not pulling the trigger, letting Herrig dictate the entire fight. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big win for her. Yeah, Felice, I mean, she's, I never thought much of her, but this was the best she's looked um, inside the octagon for sure. Great performance for her. I think she deserves a little bit of a step up, even though I think she'll definitely lose against anyone in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, she probably will. But um, I mean, there's not much at strawweight. So I, I think she, women's strawweight is the clear best women's division. You think so? Yeah, I think. And I, like, look, here's what's coming up. In the next couple months, they announced three fights that are, like, awesome. You got Ioana Janjacek versus Jessica Andrade for the title, co-main event at UFC 211. I mean, that's a fight I want to see. I think Andrade is the biggest test she's faced since, I mean, Gadea was a pretty tough test, but Andrade brings something different. Uh, You got Claudia Gadea versus Karolina Kovalkovic. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Both coming off of losing to Ioana, but in close uh, combative fights. I think that's an awesome fight. And then they announced that Rose Namajunas versus Michelle Waterson for Fox oh, 24 card. Sure. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, awesome. that's an awesome fight right there. Yeah, definitely. Winner of that probably gets the next shot at Ioana after Andrade. So. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, and Angela Hill, even though she lost... Um, yeah, I was going to say that was very disappointing. Impressive. Like, she was tough. and uh, Yeah. But we'll get to that. Uh, but, yeah, Felice Harry, I'd like to see her make a step up. Maybe she can fight Angela Hill in the next fight. But Yeah. We're on Josh. Grasso, back to the drawing board. James Vick defeated Abel Trujillo by a third-round submission. Um, pretty impressive performance. Vick is now 6-1 and one in the UFC. Uh, Trujillo's... No joke. He's got serious power. He's a flawed fighter, but he's got real striking power. Yeah, it was impressive to our shape. Yeah, you could just see the size difference, how much taller he was. Like, he just raised his knee up and could knee him in the head. Yeah. Uh, but still, good win there. Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir defeated Ovin St. Pru by decision. Did you see this? I did not. Um, this guy signed off the street on short notice. It's kind of a bullshit decision. I I scored it for OSP, but it was such a boring, terrible fight that uh, I was happy that OSP lost. <laughs> He's just such a frustrating guy to watch fight. Yeah. You can see the raw ability is there, but he's almost – unless he knocks someone out, until then it's boring every time. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, he didn't look like a world beater either, so I don't know. <laughs> Just a very bad fight. <laughs> also, we had Marcel Fortuna knocking out Anthony Hamilton by first-round knockout. 
this is the guy who got submitted by Francis Ngannou. And why I was saying maybe that's not as impressive in hindsight is because this guy, Fortuna, Fortuna, he is a light heavyweight who lied and said he was a big heavy, like a bigger guy just to get this fight at heavyweight. He <laughs> was awesome. like being dwarfed by Anthony Hamilton and just comes out and one punch knocks him out. That is awesome. Yeah. And Jessica Andrade defeated Angela Hill by decision. Pretty good fight. Uh, pretty one-sided. Andrade clearly won all the rounds, but Hill showed some toughness, fired back on occasion. Uh, it was a good fight to watch. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, Andrade, she reminds me of John Lineker, women's John Lineker. Just short, yeah. but just wings these power punches and always coming forward. Definitely a fun fight to watch. I think she's got the most power in the women's 115 division. And if she hits Joanna the way Carolina hit her in that fourth round, she might put her out. But we'll see. We'll see in a couple months. UFC 208? Sorry. I missed something. Nope. You're good. Okay. <laughs> UFC 208, which just happened this past weekend. Um. Wow, what a what a disappointing card. <laughs> it looked bad on paper, and sometimes that can lead to like surprisingly fun night of fights. Not so much uh, this past weekend. Yeah, this was definitely no two or six. <laughs> For sure, yeah, two or six, and it was like amazing compared to this. Uh, this is the event that is the reason we our top five is what it is. This month, it's our, the top five worst pay-per-views in UFC history. Uh, stay tuned if 208 made any of our list. But uh, Jermaine Durandamy defeated Holly Holm by decision to win the inaugural women's featherweight title. Uh, how did you score this fight, first of all? I scored for Holly Holm. Did you really? What did, yeah. uh, did you give her three, four, and five? Yeah. See, I gave her four and five. I thought the third round was close, and she obviously ended it strong with that nice head kick. But uh, I gave the first three rounds to Durandami. I just thought she was landing the cleaner, more powerful shots throughout the rounds. And, um, yeah, I don't yes. know. It was Every round was relatively close. I mean, no, no one was getting blown out. I didn't think it was a bad fight, but it just was kind of – it had one note, like right all five rounds, yeah. and there was no dynamic to it, right? It just was the same thing for five straight rounds. Yeah, kind of slow, but I mean a decent stand-up boxing-ish kickboxing fight. Yeah, it just seems like Holly just like can never live up to her potential. Her, yeah, yeah, it just kind of sucks, really. Very. But I will say, I came out of this fight really not liking Jermaine Durandamy. Yeah, it's hard Something. to like her. Hard to like her after she, I think, clearly intentionally goes for two illegal shots after the bell. Yeah, and then add, like complains and acts like, what are you talking about? Like, Yeah. It's just like crazy to me. And Especially just, like, her attitude that first and like, yourself, I really don't like her. The hardest punch landed in that fight was that first uh, yeah. punch after the bell right in home Yeah, face. she rocked her. What a terrible job by the ref. Yeah. I mean, to not warn – I mean, I, you could make a case for a point being taken away in that first case, let alone a warning, and he says nothing. 
Then it happens again the next round, the very next round, and he just yeah. gives her a warning. That should have at least been a point taken away. Yeah, I mean, that's insanity. In all honesty, <laughs> it should have ended in a draw. Because yeah, with the points taken. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm kind of yeah. glad it wasn't, though, because I don't know if I could take a rematch straight away. Yeah, uh, but I'm so pissed off this Jermaine that won. I do not want to have to deal with seeing her ever. Well, you can enjoy her getting demolished by a cyborg in a few months. It's true. That's definitely going to happen. Did you ever notice, though, uh, <laughs> everyone is so scared of cyborg. Yeah, like, like the, that the post-flight uh, interview, she was like, so now you going to fight cyborg next? Well, I need surgery on my hand. Yeah, and then today she said she, she would give Holly Holm an immediate rematch. Of course. <laughs> and uh, even I saw the Invicta new Invicta champion, Megan Anderson, saying, I don't think it's quite time. Like, it's not the right time for a cyborg fight. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to fight her. That's crazy. With good cause. I mean, she will kill anybody. Yeah. She could probably she beat can, Jose Aldo for the men's championship. So She can get legal. Yeah, I, th I hope she gets cleared, just because the division needs it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In the co-main events, or, all right, I guess we shouldn't skip ahead. What's next for Holly Holm? Three straight losses. Very disappointing. Does she go back down to 135? Does she try to stay in 145 since it's still so new? Yeah, I have no idea. I was I was thinking about that myself. And I've, like, watched her post-fight press conference, and she, she even, like, somebody asked her that exact question. She was like, I'm in a position where I've lost three in a row. i got to take whatever they give me. So yeah. I guess she's... Just gonna take whatever they give her. So maybe they'll keep her forty-five because, of, like you said, it's a new division and need fights there. So they'll probably, I think, they'll keep her there. Yeah, I think they have to. And I still think she's a big name, a decent draw. So I don't think she's in danger of getting cut by any means. Yeah. But she's got to take a real step down here. Yeah, she definitely needs a win. Yeah, get at least a win or two under her belt. Because this is a very young division. There's a very good chance she could still work her way back into a title shot sooner rather than later, especially if Cyborg beats Durand me to win the title. You know they want to do home versus Cyborg at some point. Yeah. Um, but but she, she needs to be able to deserve that. Right. So she needs to win. <laughs> yeah, she didn't deserve this title shot. Yeah. And watch, next she'll go fight Nunez for the 135-pound uh, belt. This <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, I think they got to sign some, like, Baseline 145-pound fighters to uh, get this division under underway, and I think they need to throw home the weakest of whoever they sign. Just get her a win. Get that confidence yeah, back. definitely. But, yeah, as I was going to say, the co-main event, Anderson, the Spider Silva, at 41 years old, defeats Derek Brunson by unanimous decision. What would you think? Uh -oh. Did you it wasn't. Who would you score the fight for? It was a controversial I, I it, decision. Yeah, I thought Anderson won, but I definitely don't think he won three to nothing. Yeah, that 30-27 car, uh, yeah, judge's scorecard was ridiculous. Yeah, I thought he won two out of three rounds, but um, it wasn't the most exciting fight. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't typically Anderson Silva. I mean, you can definitely see his age when he fights now. It's, yeah, for sure. It's kind of disappointing, but... I still enjoy watching him fight, though. There's still something special about an Anderson Silva fight, even when it was just the co-main event against a relative no-name guy. I was like, 
when he walked out to the cage, I got goosebumps a little bit. Yeah. You know, but I mean, he shows flashes of his old self and I, I gave him the fight too. I thought he won the first two rounds. I thought I couldn't argue. Like if they would have gave it to Brunson, I would have been like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But I, I agree. I had it 29, 28 for Anderson thought he just landed the better shots in the first two rounds. Maybe he didn't throw as often, but I don't know. Yeah. He, and he showed good grappling defense too. Yeah. He, he was dictating that fight. Brunson yeah. was scared to throw. And eventually he opened up a little bit, but he wasn't really. The only time he was landing was when Anderson, for some reason, was like holding on to his neck in a tie clinch, not letting yeah, go, just and just getting cuts. pummeled. It's almost like he was letting him do it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but the thing I love about Silva is he, he's not going to retire anytime soon. You can just see how much fun he's having out there. Yeah. Like he's he just enjoying smiles. it. Yeah. Like he, I don't think he cares necessarily if he wins, if he loses for the title, any of that. I think he just enjoys going out there and performing, like he said, afterwards. And got to love that. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but Brunson, I couldn't believe when he – like, I can understand being upset you lost the decision that you thought you won, but did you see he tweeted out how he – Yeah, he went on, like, a tirade. He uh, outclassed <laughs> the greatest of all time. Yeah. First of all – I thought that was a little distasteful. Yeah, you did not outclass him. Uh, yeah. You were scared to throw with him, and he beat you to the punch more often than not. Uh, but anyway, uh, still was a pretty – I don't think it hurts Brunson too, too much. A lot of people think he won that fight anyway. Back down the ladder, I guess. Top 15 yeah. guy, I don't know. Yeah, he is lost. His, his four-fight winning streak has faded away. Yeah. He's got to gain some ground back. Yeah. He's got to find a happy medium. Against Whitaker, he was way too aggressive and lunging. Even Chris Weidman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if Weidman can get past Musasi. No, it's unofficial. Yeah. Forgot about that. But yeah, that would have been a decent fight. Um, but anyway, you had Jacare defeating Tim Boach in the only finish of the night by uh, Kimura. Yeah. Looked very similar to the Luke Rockhold Kimura that Tim Boach fell to in Baltimore. Yeah. Except for Tim, uh, Luke Rockhold had him wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Him. He had him more in the triangle or whatever. Yeah. Still, it was pretty dominant. Yeah. This was a squash match right from the beginning, as soon as it was announced. And it played out that way. Jacare just went in, looked like a beast, took care of business. Uh, submit, got him out of there quick. Yeah, it was a little weird for them to schedule him against Bush, but I guess I, get him a fight. I think it was to get him a fight as well as to get a decent name on this card that needed any help it could get. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Should Jacare get the next title fight? Um, I don't know. I'd I like think... to see him make that Rockhold rematch. Yeah, I'm supposed to say that. Because like Bisbing's going to fight Romero, and who yeah, knows take a while. when that's even going to be, so... He's going to have to fight one more time, at least, I think. He said he doesn't want to wait. So. Yeah, which I respect that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's one of my favorite fighters of late, Jacare. I just love I think him and Damian Maia are the two best guys in the sport on the ground. Yeah. Well, yeah, grappling-wise. Um, let's see. Glover Teixeira defeated Jared Cannonier by decision. Pretty boring fight. Um, 
Glover, uh, this is one I was disappointed in myself because I, I called this upset. I thought Cannoneer was going to knock him out and did not realize he had worse takedown defense than Carlos Condit, <laughs> uh, which is saying something. But, uh, man, crazy. he just – Glover just reached out it was, and just dragged him to the ground. It was <laughs> like 30 seconds into each round, he had him on the ground. The only thing I will say is Cannoneer had some pretty good defense from his back. Like, Glover never really – got anywhere as far as landing punches or yeah. or even going for submission. He kind of just lay and pray on him. All three judges had a 30-26. Yeah, it makes sense. That third round was – and they're supposed to be more liberal with the 10-8s. So. Yeah. I, actually, in the first round, Cannoneer got up with 15 seconds left on the clock and hit Glover with the 1-2 that had him wobbling. But really? couldn't capitalize on it. Damn. Uh, yeah. But that was disappointing because I would have liked to seen light heavyweight is in shambles. And a new uh, contender would have been cool. But Glover gets the win. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could talk about it here. The, the, the state of UFC light heavyweight division with Ryan Bader looking like he's going to Bellator. I don't know if it's official, official, but seems to be going that way. Yeah. That's a t- the number five fighter. In the weight class, and Misha Serkinov, who's four and zero, just had the impressive victory against Nikita Krylov to get into the top ten. Like the only legit prospect in the division, gone. Basically, oh, yeah. Uh, Dana, he wants too much money. Yeah, Dana White has some beef with him. Uh, says they're not going to sign him no matter what. So basically, Bellator is going to have a better light heavyweight division than the UFC in a couple months. Yeah. That pretty, is crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, also, Lorenz Larkin, Rick Story, Eric mm-hmm. Perez, a bunch of other guys just taken off the rankings, or taken off the roster, I should say. A lot of people. Yeah, just pulled off the roster, like 100 fighters, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it means they are officially gone or they just don't plan. <laughs> they are not under contract, and bare minimum, they're like trying to gain leverage by taking them off. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, Brock Lesnar or Uriah Faber. There was a lot of big names on there. Yeah, they're just doing, like, a mass exodus. Yeah. Try to penny-pinch some money. But, yeah. back to the fights. Um, Dustin Poirier versus Jim Miller. This was the only legitimate great fight of the night. And uh, you didn't see it, did you? Did you ever watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame, because... They had a pretty much an all-out war here. Poirier came into the fight coming off the loss to Michael Johnson, the one-punch knockout. And he says he's going to be more strategic, more uh, not get into a brawl. Well, it didn't take long before that. Uh, that was out the window, and they were just out and out slugging it. Poirier clearly won the first two rounds, but took some shots of his own from Jim Miller. Jim Miller looks, still making that comeback. Like He still looks way better than he did a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, Miller had Poirier in all kinds of trouble in the third round. He had been piling up the leg kicks. And so finally, early in the third round, Poirier's legs kept giving out every time he got kicked. And it looked like he might get TKO'd by leg kicks, but he managed to get the fight to the ground. So it kind of took that away from Miller. And, uh, yeah, it was just an awesome fight. It's up there for fight of the year for me. Yeah, we're going to watch that. 
But I mean, like we've been saying, hasn't been too many fights or even or good fights at that. So I'm yeah. sure it won't end the year on that list. But as of right now, it's the only one that I would even consider. <laughs> uh, quickly through the rest of the card: Bilal Muhammad defeated Randy Brown by decision. Wilson Hayes defeated Uka Susaki by decision. Still a title shot for him. Yeah, and to be fair, it was kind of a fluky title shot he would have gotten. Yeah. I. I'd maybe if he I want to see Joey Benavidez get that third shot at Mighty Mouse next, but really, yeah. Say I think Wilson Hayes should fight like either Juicier Formiga again or uh, Sergio Pettis. Get one more win against a top ten guy before he gets finally gets the shot. Because he he looked good here in the first two rounds, but he almost let this guy submit him in a third. It was I don't know. He doesn't stand a chance against Mighty Mouse, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't, but who does, really? Fair enough. I don't think Joseph Benavides does, I'll say that. I think he stands the best chance of anyone in the division. Really? But still not much of one. You must have getting knocked out cold in the first round last time. Yeah, the first time was a relatively close decision that he lost. Yeah. I think that was kind of fluky. I don't, not, I'm not saying it's a fluke. I mean, it was clearly just an awesome knockout, but... I don't see Mighty Mouse knocking out too many people. I just think he called him at the right with perfect timing, perfect precision. I don't I don't see him doing that again. You don't see him knocking out many people? Not Benavides. Uh, He'll submit him this time to get the holy trinity of dude, a decision yeah. and a knockout and a submission. He finished the who how did he finish the he knocked him out to me? Uh, I think he ended up submitting him or at least TKO. It wasn't like that one punch. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Islam Makachev defeated Nick Lentz by decision. Rick Glenn defeated Philippe Nova by decision. The only thing I want to say about this is this was a split decision where oh, uh, most of the judges, or two of the judges, saw it 29-28 for Glenn, which was the same way I saw it pretty clearly. And then one judge had it 30-27 for Nova, just really out of left field. Bizarre. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, and Ryan LaFlair defeated Roan Canero by decision. So, that's that. Wow. UFC 208. Was it the worst pay-per-view of all time? Uh, Not my opinion. Terms. But uh, let's get to that list. Um, there's been uh, at least 2016. I didn't think there was a single bad pay-per-view. And, yeah. And really, it's been like for the last two or three years, very rare that you've they would have a dud. They've really done a great job in recent times of of putting these pay-per-views together in a great way. But not 208. And <laughs> and there's still been plenty of cards where from injuries maybe like the great fights they thought they were going to get fell through so they just had to th- rush something together or stuff just didn't pan out, you know, the way they were hoping. Um yeah, what do you think? About 208? No, nah, just like bad pay-per-views in general. Oh, yeah, they have but Luckily, they haven't happened a lot lately. There was years there where it was like pay-per-view after pay-per-view. It was injury after injury. It was like, what the hell? Yeah, I want to say 2013, 2014 was a rough stretch. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And I think that's where a few of these fall in. So, I mean, it's been, it's been nice having that stuff. 2016 we had even 2015 on bed yeah 
Yeah, but sure. the, I mean, like now we're in this run in early 2017 where the cards are so thin that it could happen again, like easily. Yeah, it could. One injury away. Like I think 209 looks really strong at the top. Top three flights are pretty good. But shoot, an injury or two and you're looking not great because the undercards aren't even as good as they have been. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your number five worst UFC pay-per-view of all time? Um, my number five is a card that never actually happened, UFC 151. Ooh, good choice. <laughs> uh, UFC, well, well, the event that will always be remembered is the event John Jones and Greg Jackson murdered. <laughs> yeah. Dana White. Sport killer. Yeah, this is the event that... Uh, John Jones was supposed to fight Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson pulled out on like two weeks' notice or something like that, or eight days' notice. And Chael Sonnen was like, I'll fight John Jones, no problem. And of course, John Jones and Greg Jackson did not want to fight Chael Sonnen, so they got a lot of hate for that. And really unwarranted, because who can blame John Jones for not wanting to fight someone on a week's notice when he's like in the midst of trying to become like the best champion of all time. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe he should have took the fight. Maybe he could have said, all right, pay me double and I'll take it or, or something. Cause I think he, he would have beat Chael no matter what, but yeah. And then looking back, like after he beat Chael something so bad, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. But then again, that this is, it's a height of Chael Sonnen's steroid taking. So, True. Maybe he knew that. Maybe he just didn't want to risk it. You know. Yeah, he would know a thing or two about steroids. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in hindsight, maybe that gave them a decent uh, storyline for when they actually did, eventually did fight. To maybe that boosted pay per view sales. Yeah. Because they were on the Ultimate Fighter together, gave them something to build around. I don't know. But True good choice. That. I didn't consider that one. Uh, my number five is UFC one seventy. Headlined by Ronda Rousey versus Sarah McMahon. And that was, I mean, a Ronda Rousey fight, obviously big. But, I mean, it was a pretty lackluster fight. She defeated McMahon by uh, TKO, knee to the body, and a quick stoppage on the ground. Probably premature in a minute, in six seconds. So, that was kind of lackluster when it was like two um, Olympic medalists going against each other. (laughs) <laughs> and the rest of the main card was Daniel Cormier against Patrick Cummins. Uh, this is when he was supposed to fight, I want to say Rashad Evans, someone like that. And and uh, Cummins was signed off the street, remember, at the last second. This was yeah. his first fight in the, in the UFC, and he just got destroyed very quickly. Yeah, it was an awful fight. Uh, you also had Roy McDonald versus Damian Maya. Well, that sounds pretty cool, like especially the way Maya has been fighting. This was a very boring fight. Um, just McDonald won a decision, and it was not a fun watch. Mike Powell versus TJ Waldenberger was on the main card, and Stephen Thompson knocking out Robert Whitaker was the first fight out, which was pretty cool. Thompson knocked out uh, Whitaker, but really just... The reason I have this on the worst cards is Daniel Cormier versus Patrick Cummins co-main event. That's, that's <laughs> all that needs to be said. Yeah. 
I remember like watching the Fox Sports one and them talking. It was terrible. Yeah, they really were trying to force that shit. Yeah. What's your number four? Oh, my number four is two hundred eight. UFC two hundred eight. All right. Didn't make my list. Didn't make my list. Um, yeah. Just because you still got Silva on there, Jacare. Like I didn't think it was a terrible, but just compared to what we have been getting, it's certainly not good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like maybe would to I be can see fair, that point, but it's also like the first pay per view of the year. The way it turned out, it was not a very exciting card. No question, it's probably my number seven worst, the seven or eight. But main event was marred by controversy, if you ask me. Yeah, and it was just it's not what we've been used to, and it's yeah. different. Didn't line up. To, I mean, it didn't have much to live up to, but then again, it ultimately failed at anything. So. Yeah, it's almost like, why even have this be a pay-per-view if this yeah. is what you're running out there? Just move it into a fight night or something. Yeah. Or cancel it altogether. I don't know. <laughs> but, and also, you missed the only great fight, so it makes sense True. that you, yeah. Maybe it would be number five if you saw Poirier Miller. That's true. <laughs> but my number four is UFC 180, which was their first event or first pay-per-view in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, supposed to be headlined by Cain Velasquez versus Fabricio Verdum for the title, heavyweight title, the first time. And um, obviously, it's uh, the more likely scenario whenever Cain Velasquez is supposed to fight, but he got pulled out because of injury. And instead, you have Fabricio Verdum versus Mark Hunt headlining this fight. And uh, uh, it wasn't a terrible fight, but... I don't know. Fabricio Verdun pretty much took care of business. Uh, pretty cool knockout flying knee into the punches, but just not as good as what you're expecting when you're going to get a Cain Velasquez fight. And the rest of the card was not great either. Main event, uh, The main event, uh, I mean main card, excuse me. <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum defeated Jake Ellenberger by submission. Ricardo Lamas defeated Dennis Bermudez by submission. Augusto Montano defeated Chris Heatherly, <laughs> and Hector Urbina defeated Edgar Garcia. Like, what oh, are these names? That's the main event. I mean, that's the main card. Yeah. <laughs> I believe those are both of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America, f like, finales, like, championships. But still, I mean, I don't – that's not good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awful. You got to pay 60 bucks for that? I don't think so. <laughs> um, my number three is – Going way back, twenty years. All right. UFC, UFC nine. Whoa. This was the. Uh, you UFC were probably card. nine. I think this was in. I believe, if I'm not wrong, this was in Buffalo, New York. I think, um, but it was a pay per view supposed to happen with uh, Ken Shamrock and uh, Ken Shamrock and uh, Dan Severn. Okay. And, and uh, at the last minute, it was, like, going to not happen because John McCain was trying to get the pay-per-view pulled. Oh, yeah. Didn't they move it to and Puerto they, Rico or something? They had, well, they had they were in court all day, like, the day of the pay-per-view. And it, the only way they got to put the pay-per-view on, they had to change the rules. And the oh, rules yeah. Were like, couldn't punch each other. And <laughs> That's like right. Wrestling. That's right. I remember hearing so, about that. Yeah, so it was awful. And I feel like and there they, was another one where... They literally, with one or two days' notice, had to switch to Puerto Rico, like fly yeah. everyone down to Puerto Rico to hold the event. 
Yeah, this was they had to change the rules and you could not uh, basically couldn't punch. Yeah, no, they, no closed fists. It, so, it was so bad that they had another <laughs> fight card they put on. It was like UFC Fight Night six point five or something. It was crazy. Yeah, there was no closed fist allowed in this one. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Oh, early days were nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll take this time to recommend a podcast series by SureDog Radio Network, uh, Rewind. Uh, I can't remember exactly which episodes, but they went through – it was to coincide with like the 20-year anniversary or whatever a couple of years ago. They recapped in installments of 10 every single UFC event, went over the card and just down mem- trips down memory lane – from like UFC one all the way to, I want to say it was one sixty eight or one sixty seven, and just incredibly well done. Like fourteen, fifteen hours of content, and that's how I kind of got my uh, history lesson in early UFC. Oh, that's pretty well. Yeah, so search it out if it sounds interesting. But my number three is UFC one seventy seven. This is uh, the one where T.J. Dillashaw was supposed to fight. Uh, Hennen Burrell in the rematch after he took his belt. And instead, Hennen Burrell, trying to cut weight, passes out, hits his head on the bathtub, and uh, cannot fight. So literally last minute, Joe Soto steps in out of nowhere <laughs> to fight TJ Dillshaw. And Dillshaw knocks him out in the fifth round, but it's a pretty boring fight. Uh, and the rest of the card is straight garbage. There's only eight fights on this card. I don't know what yeah. how that happened. But uh, co-main event, Tony Ferguson versus Danny Castillo. And this is well before Ferguson was what he is now. Also got Betch Cahaya versus Shayna Baszler. Carlos Diego Fijera versus Ramsey Nijum. And Yancey Medeiros versus Damon Jackson. All <laughs> on the main card of a pay-per-view. Nice. Number this two. still our main event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your number two? <laughs> My number two is uh, UFC 149 in Calgary. It was uh, one of the worst. Dana White said it was one of the most embarrassing cards ever. <laughs> um, it was terrible. Four of the five fights up went to a decision. Uh, it was the card that Uriah Faber fought Henry Morale for the Bantamweight title. I guess that's when he came back. Yeah, it was pretty lackluster. Yeah. Yeah, this is my number two as well. Uh, Hen and Brow versus Uriah Faber is just. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. This is when Faber was getting title shot after title shot for no reason, against clearly yeah. superior opposition. And co-main event: Tim Birch and Hector Lombard. This is Lombard's UFC debut, coming in off like after winning like thirty fights in a row, at a Bellator looking like a monster. He loses a split decision to Tim Birch in a very listless uh, performance. So that was disappointing. You had Czech Congo and Sean Jordan, James Head, Brian Ebersole, Matthew Riddle, and Chris Clements, which got overruled to a no contest after Matt Riddle popped first uh, marijuana. That's yeah. crazy. Just, uh, yeah, like you said, terrible, That's a terrible. stellar thing. card. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was the era when it was a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. What's your um, number one? Probably my number one is actually 177. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Stole your but, thunder. Um, yeah, you stole my thunder big time. <laughs> but really just because of the whole eight fights and, like, that kind of blew me away. And all the injuries that were ha- that happened, like Gustavo was supposed to fight John Jones, that got moved. Yeah, yeah. And with the whole crazy show with Rao. And, the, I mean, the Joe Soto fight ended up being domination. Yeah, it was just mismatch completely. Yeah, yeah obviously I agree. And uh, Cejudo was supposed to be on that card, too. He was supposed to fight Scott Jorgensen. Didn't he miss weight horribly? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, whatever happened to predictability. Uh, full House theme song. Uh <laughs> Anyway, my number one is UFC 119, headlined by Frank Mir versus Mirko Krokop Filipovich, which was just an awful, awful fight. Krokop came in, you know, he's got these super high expectations. He lost to Gonzaga in his UFC debut. Then I think he won maybe a fight or two, and here he is against Frank Mir and looked terrible, like not even throwing anything. And Frank Mir looking almost just as bad until he <laughs> finally knocks him out with like a fluke knee in the third round. <laughs> Co-main event was Ryan Bader versus Antonio Rosario Noguera the first time around. And the rest of the fights were all decisions. Uh, Bader fight was decision. Chris Lytle versus Matt Serra. Sean Shirk versus Evan Dunham. Melvin Guillard versus Jeremy Stevens. Like two split decisions and two unanimous decisions. I remember this is when I was, like, first getting back into the UFC in a real way after, uh, like, UFC 100 kind of got me back into it. And this was only, like, a year later. And I just remember being incredibly disappointed, hearing so much (laughs) how good Crow Cop is and and all this stuff. And just, I almost quit the sport after watching this event. (laughs) Uh, Any honorable mentions? Um, um... That's tough. Do you got any? Yeah, I have one. I have UFC 90, which was Anderson Silva against Patrick Cote in the main event, where literally uh, Silva just taunts him for two straight rounds, and then Cote has a knee injury, TKO in a third. Yeah. <laughs> just like terrible, terrible. The only good thing there was that was Junior Dos Santos' debut, knocking out Fabricio Verdum in the first round. Oh, so that's why it didn't make the list. Yeah, you could throw out count, countless uh, fight night cards that have been awful. Oh, yeah. I was going strictly with pay-per-views just for yeah. that reason. Yeah, fight nights, God. The last four or five have been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, let's see. Is there any news real quick? We went over a lot of it, but Tim Kennedy retired. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Yeah, he looked awful on his last fight. Yeah, I mean, guy's been... Surprisingly awful. Been through a lot. He's been in some, like, Twitter feud, though, with a guy from some website. Fight him. About fighting him, yeah, for charity or something. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he can get the MMA AAAA off the ground <laughs> and get these guys some money. Maybe that'll be his ultimate legacy. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Um, Conor McGregor had his little... Uh, pay-per-view interview press conference with Ariel Hawani. Five bucks. You paid the five bucks. Completely legit. What uh? What all went down on this? 
Um, it was pretty wild. All kinds of stuff went down. Talking shit. Fuck the yeah. UFC. Fuck Dana White. Fuck Floyd. Yeah, Jones. he said he said all that, but he also said he wanted to bring Dana White in on a deal. He said a lot of good things about the UFC and Dana White at the same time. Yeah, which is kind of weird. It was kind of cool. I mean, he said Ariel Hawley interviewing him. His next fight will be in a boxing ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you I mean, believe definitely it? Definitely talked. To, definitely talked a lot of shit. And Dana White even came back. Dana White was at the press conference at the UFC event that night. Like, like actually came to it out of the blue. Never does anymore. And like talked all kinds of shit. Like saying if Connor wants to get in the fight, like if he wants to dig in against us, he's gonna go down hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do Which you... I thought. Go ahead. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely in a battle right now. Yeah. Do you think? His next fight will be in a boxing ring. Do you think he's right? Uh, I, I just saw – I don't know if it's bullshit or not. I saw some article right before we started that said, breaking news, Conor McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather have come to financial terms for a match. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's even possible to happen. Like, how could he – what's he going to – I mean, the UFC is going to pull him into court if he tries to do it. You know what I mean? Unless they're part of it. Unless they're part of it, yeah. I think it's a possibility he boxes – but I think ultimately he's using this for leverage uh, to just try to get it. Like, say they just offered him $25 million and Floyd $25 million to fight each other. Say yeah. they they offer him $25 million to fight the winner of Khabib versus Tony Ferguson or, Nick, or Nate Diaz, part three. I think that's all he wants. He wants that big chunk of change. Yeah. And yeah, if, that, right. if he has to go through with the boxing match to get it, I think he will. But I think... Ideally, I think he wants to stay in mixed martial arts and make boxing type of money. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. What yeah. a... <laughs> Can you imagine if he actually fights Floyd fucking Mayweather? He'd get embarrassed. But yeah, I think so. I'd be rooting for him to knock him out. Yeah. But probably wouldn't ever happen. Uh, what did you think? Uh, what did you think of when he said, "If they wanted me to fight"? For the 145-pound title, oh, yeah. all, they, all they had to do was ask. Yeah. I don't believe that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anytime Connor talks, it's always interesting listening it's, to what he's got to like say. It's like Hardy. You said so much bullshit during that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, only other kind of news is the, the future events, which I've already touched on. Uh, UFC 210 coming up. In April is DC versus Rumble, finally. Going to happen, yeah. apparently. And Chris Weidman versus Musasi. Uh, the only two big fights announced. 211, Stipe Miocic versus Junior Dos Santos, as well as Ioanni and Jacek versus Jessica Andrade. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. And 212, Aldo Holloway was uh, announced and that's a fight that's what that was one of my most anticipated fights of the year so i'm obviously excited for that yeah that should be awesome and hopefully they can really build these cards deep instead of just having like one or two strong fights that could get wiped out in a moment's notice yeah definitely i mean like cormier versus anthony johnson like what are the odds that actually happens yeah, I know, right? We've already <laughs> broke we broke that fight down with Alex Kidwell when he came on yeah. the preview UFC two oh six, so it's been a long time coming. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. all right, let's make some picks for the upcoming events. All right. Bellator one seventy two 
your boy, Fedor Emelianko, makes his Bellator debut against Matt Mitrion. That's this weekend coming up. Is it really? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, that's always exciting. Even though Fedor is washed up and not even near the fighter he was, it's always exciting, just like Anderson Silva, to watch him come out. Yeah. What do you what do you think's gonna happen here? Oh, I'm pumped. I think he's gonna destroy Matt Mitrione. <laughs> really? I hate, I hate Matt Mitrione too. I'm it's not awesome. a huge fan, but I think it's awesome. I think he's gonna destroy him. You think we're this is like BJ Penn all over you? You're gonna think here comes it. Even though Fedor just got annihilated by Fabio Maldonado <laughs> and then somehow got a decision Some victory. Rolling. Yeah, I think Mitrione. Look, I'm be rooting for Fedor big time. I'm not a big Mitrion fan, but this size advantage here is ridiculous. He's a Mitrion's a big heavyweight, yeah. and Fedor probably could have been a middleweight if he had good conditioning. Yeah, right. Uh, I think Mitrion's just gonna do what Maldonado did, except with more power and finish it. So, think so? Unfortunately, I do. I think that's what's gonna happen. That's crazy. <laughs> well, we will see. <laughs> that's <crazy>. <laughs> Pride <laughs> on the line. Uh, this is actually a decent card for Bellator standards this weekend. Really? Uh, co-main event, Josh Thompson is fighting Patricky Pitbull, Friere. I nice. mean, that's a fun little lightweight fight. Yeah. I could see Thompson winning this, get on a, getting a title shot. And I, I think, guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Thompson will win. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think Thompson will win that fight too. You got Czech Congo fighting Oli Thompson in a heavyweight affair. I mean, Czech Congo is brutal to watch, but at least he's a name. Yeah. <laughs> and you have Josh Koscheck scheduled to make his Bellator debut against uh, Mauricio Alonso, who I don't know who that is. That's all on this card? Yeah, it's all on this card. That's crazy. So, yeah. You got the three... Or it's all UFC rejects, but yeah. it's still pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Didn't Koscheck just get announced like recently? Yeah, it was like two or three weeks ago. It's crazy. He was. This is the third try to get him his Bellator debut. He was supposed to fight Paul Daly originally, backed out. Yeah. And he was supposed to fight someone else, and then he had to pull out of that one as well. So hopefully he makes it to the cage and. Gets his ass kicked because I can't stand the motherfucker. But tell me how you really feel. <laughs> nah, I love him. I love him. <laughs> also, this weekend you have oh UFC. I keep wanting to say Ultimate Fight Night. That's never right. <laughs> UFC Fight Night 105. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Travis Travis Brown, which was supposed to happen at UFC 208, but after um, JDS versus Stefan Struve fell through. This got moved to the main event here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I, th- I want to say, is this a fight pass card or is this Fox Sports 1? Um, I think it's Fox Sports 1. But uh, We already broke this fight down. I think we both picked Derek Lewis to win by knockout. Am I right? Uh, I think so, yeah. And I will stick by that, uh, especially after it looked like Travis Brown left. Um, what's his fucking face? Um... Uh, Tar- Tar- Targaryen. Targaryen. <laughs> but instead, no, he's sticking with him. He's still training with him. Is he? Stupid. Yeah. 
God. <laughs> yeah, he just said, I gotta be loyal, I gotta stick with my man. That's crazy. Well, good luck in Bellator <laughs> in uh, a couple months. Yeah, right. Uh, also got Johnny Hendricks versus Hector Lombard in the co-main event here. Middleweight. Yeah, at middleweight. That's the interesting thing. I'm, I'm calling it now. Hendricks misses weight. No way. I'm calling it. That would be awesome. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's not the weight class that is the issue. It's the man himself. He's going to oh, miss weight. So awesome. He's going to go in one, 190. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that would be so awesome. If the fight doesn't get called off, Lombard is going to run right through him. <laughs> Lombard's yeah. big, way bigger yeah. than Hendricks. Uh, he's got serious power. I know he's coming off the losses and stuff like that, but he's still got the same tools. Yeah. And I just think Johnny Hendricks is so far out of the game at this point. He's not even – he just not look the same <laughs> – like the same fighter. Yeah, he does not. He doesn't look like the same person. I mean, and if he come, if he's re-motivated by not having to cut that weight and he can actually do it right and make weight – and if he is the Johnny Hendricks of old, I would clearly take him, but I just can't bet on that happening. Yeah. He looks like a fraction of what he used to. Just a shell of a man. You know, like, especially at like 200 when he shaved his beard, he looks like dead. Yeah. This is definitely a fight that is more interesting with the weigh-ins than the, in the cage. Yeah. Um, also, you got Carla Esparza fighting Randa Marcos. In women's strawweight, yeah, on the prelims, uh, wasn't Asparza the one that was like kept turning down fights lately? Uh, I can't remember, but she's a, a boring it's fighter. Awful. Yeah, <laughs> first champion of the strawweight division, yeah. beat Rose Namajunas pretty bad. But I think if they fought again, it would be a different story. Asparza just looks like it's just like this is what happens with women's MMA right now, right? It's so early in its run that. You see the turnover pretty quick. Like, I think Esparza was good enough to be at the top or the top for the infancy of the division, but it's just developing so quickly that I think she's, like, past, like, the way she fights is just not going to work against the top five to seven guys or girls in in that division. She's got, like, no striking. Yeah. She's a good wrestler. She's, like... She's solid on the ground, but she even seems small for the weight class. And yeah, you I don't know. Her oh yeah, very badly. And I think she even had a hard time in her bounce back fight. I can't remember who it was against, but yeah, I just feel like she's a. Uh, I'm trying to compare. Like I want to say Mad Hughes, but she was never as good as Mad Hughes was. But he was like a guy that was wrestling based and dominating people until just it caught up with him. Obviously, yeah. for a much longer reign, but I'm, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just meant someone like that. I can't yeah. think of a great example off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna pick her to win, but not really because I think she's all that great. I just and I like Randa Marcus. I just I don't know. I think Esparza is good enough to get past her in a decision. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna take Randa Marcus. Might as well. Just uh, spite you. Go ahead. And I'm not a big fan of Carly either. Yeah, I know you're not. You talk shit about her every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other fight I will mention, excuse me, I will mention is Jack Marshman, because <laughs> it's a great name, <laughs> against Thiago Santos. 
All right. Um, <laughs> maybe this wasn't the best fight to pick because do you know who either of them are? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Tiago Santos is the guy that Gegard Mousasi beat, knocked out at UFC 200 on the prelims. Oh, really? Um, but he's a solid fighter. And Jack Marshman is a... Uh, I just want to say that name over and over. Uh, <laughs> he's actually a decent up-and-comer at the middleweight division. Uh, I'm going to pick him to win this fight by knockout in the second round. I'm going to take Tiago uh, Santos. You're not going to take Jack Marshman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass on Jack Marshman. <laughs> All right. Well, Bellator 173 is also on the way. Headlined by Liam McGeary trying to bounce back after losing his belt to Phil Davis against Chris Fields, who I don't know who that is. So oh, I'm going to take I'm going to take Liam McGeary. Um, yeah, mine, I guess I will too. He's still in our light heavyweight rankings despite the loss. Yeah. And speaking of them, we should have them updated rankings out um, pretty soon. Yeah. Probably sometime this week, and we're going to try to update them after every UFC. Pay-per-view. I can't remember if we mentioned that in the past. Yeah. Uh, you, Bellator 174. It was our New Year's resolution. Yeah, and so far, so good. Yep. It's been one month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bellator 174, they're going to crown their own inaugural featherweight women's champion as Marlos Conan fights Julia Budd. And uh, I like Marlos Conan. I, always, I liked her when she was in Strike Force. I think she was the Strike Force. Bantamweight champion at one point. Um, she's good on the ground, submission artist, and I don't think Julia Budd's anything special, so I think she should win that. And by the time the winner is crowned in this fight, there will be four women's featherweight champions across Bellator, Invicta, and the UFC. And really none of those divisions are uh, are really filled out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who do you like how, here? How is there four? Because Megan Anderson is the Invicta champion, and Cyborg, or in interim Invicta champion, oh, gosh, yeah. and Cyborg still has that belt, and she will soon have the UFC belt. Yeah. Uh, so. What were you saying? What do you th- any thoughts on this fight? What fight? Marlos Conan versus Julia Budd. Oh, uh, I like Conan a lot. Yeah. She's been around for a while, so I'm gonna pick her. All right. Uh, she's, also, a, she's a Strike Force legend. That's right. That's right. Uh, Showtime, uh, the channel. <laughs> Andre Korshkov is fighting after he lost his belt uh, to Douglas Lima on this card against Fernando Gonzalez. So I, I like him to bounce back here. You? Who? <laughs> Andre <laughs> Koreshkov, the guy that beat the shit out of Benson Henderson. Oh. Is he funny? <laughs> Fernando Gonzalez. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and Kendall Grove is fighting Chris Honeycutt, who gives a fuck. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Kendall Grove. Yeah, me too. Uh, UFC 209. All right. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, um, uh... There's This is only like three weeks away, and there's only eight fights scheduled so far. So hope maybe they'll even get a couple more good fights on here. On what? Huh? <laughs> on what? On UFC 209. Oh. There's real, that's only how many? Eight fights announced so far. And that's it's crazy. like three or four weeks away. They've been in the habit of doing that lately. Yeah, they wait to the last second for some reason. 
but headlined by Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson rematch after their epic war at UFC 205, which was an incredible fight. And uh, yeah. I'm A-OK with the rematch. I think it, it makes the most sense as far as what was I'm next for the welterweight division. Pissed if it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Woodley was trying his damnedest to yeah. not have it happen, but... Oh, bitch. <laughs> but what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Is this going to be super similar to the first time around? Is that who's going to make the adjustments? Steve Thompson fucking knocks him out. I know what you hope. What do you think? Uh, it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just interesting. Um, I actually think they're both going to make adjustments, but they're kind of going to neutralize each other. Yeah. Because I think Woodley's going to try to get to the wrestling faster. But I think Thompson's going to be more aggressive and kind of prevent that from happening. I don't know. I, I kind of see it being very similar, like you said, but I think we will have a definitive winner after this one. My gut is telling me Tyron Woodley. My heart is telling me Stephen Thompson. I hope so. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer and say Tyron Woodley is going to Dude. win this fight. The fucking hate I have for Tyron Woodley is real. Like, I hate him. I don't hate him. But I can understand why people are not fans, for sure. Um, I, I guess we I could get into the whole thing he was talking about where he thinks he's less popular because he's black. Yeah. Which, to, here's what I'll say. At first, when he said that, I'm like, no. that's. But then I'm like... I have, like, not liked him for so long. And I don't, like, in my head it's because he's too tentative at times and can be boring. But then, really, he's also had some pretty awesome knockouts. He's clearly very talented. Like, I'm thinking, obviously, not intentionally was I docking him points in my mind because he's black. But maybe subliminally, I don't know. He might have (laughs) a point there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think the reason I don't like him is he's black. It's because... I just don't like everything about him. I'm thinking more like before he became champion, why I didn't give him enough credit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, he might have a case there. I don't know. But as far as now, I do not think so. Yeah. I just – I think uh, he is acting a little entitled to these big money fights when he hasn't even like defended his own belt yet. Yeah. I just think he's been scared of the – of fighting Stephen Thompson twice. And I don't know. I mean, everyone's doing it now. He's just, he talks a real big game. But then, I don't know. I don't know. Help me out. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I see what you mean. Like, I, um. <laughs> how, can he, how can he not expect to get hate when he's dodging the <laughs> logical challenger in favor of someone who hasn't fought in, in two years and hasn't won in five and another guy who's been retired for three years and another guy who's not in his weight class and who has a belt of his own to defend in Bisping. Yeah, and he has definitely been, like, super entitled, like, after the fight with Thompson and they, like, had the issue with scoring and, like, he thought he was getting his belt taken away and then he didn't, like, I mean, he retains the belt but it's a draw, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But he's been acting like it didn't even happen, like calling 
with fights for all these other people. Yeah. Like, how can you not fight Stephen Thompson again? Yeah, and again, I don't hate him because I've more respect for him than ever inside the cage since he knocked out Robbie Lawler and did way better than I would have expected against Stephen Thompson. Like, yeah. I think he actually has lived up to what he always said he was when I was like thinking less of him. Like I didn't think he deserved the title shot against Robbie Lawler, but he proved me wrong. I think he is a top five, top three, maybe the best welterweight in the UFC, but it's off putting <laughs> the way he, he acts sometimes. Yeah. The way he carries himself. Definitely. But I, I do think he's gonna, I do think he's going to win this fight. I'll be rooting for Thompson just because I think Thompson brings better fights in the future. I think he – I'd rather watch Stephen Thompson versus Damian Maya versus Robbie Lawler versus whoever than Tyron Woodley versus those guys. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I'm just a really cool Stephen Thompson. Yeah. He's one of my favorite fighters. He's yeah. Amazing. Such a nice guy. So entertaining to watch. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much – the full package, and you know the UFC is pulling for him because Woodley's a headache for them, and Thompson's a guy they could really promote, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd be like a company dude. Yeah, for sure. And they need all those kinds of guys they can get. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, as great as this main event is, the co-main event, I think, is even better. Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson for the fake title. Um Fake title or not, five rounds against this matchup is just scintillating to me. Like Khabib, maybe the best wrestler, best ground guy in the uh, in the whole division, in the whole company, versus Tony Ferguson, who has just proven time and time again how tough he is, how well-rounded he is. Um, just. I don't know. It's just an interesting style matchup because Ferguson's good at submissions off his back on the ground. He's good on the feet. Khabib is prone on the feet, but if he gets you on the ground, he could finish the fight at any time with ground yeah. and down and control. This is a big, uh, this is a big fight. Yeah, this is rock paper scissors, like wrestler, striker, or you know, grappler. Yeah. Um... How do you see this playing out? I don't know. It's tricky because they've both been, you know, crazy streaks. Of course, Khabib's never lost, but he looked pretty damn good against uh, his face. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he dominated him. Did get hit, but I mean, he pretty much dominated him. And Ferguson looked real good against uh, Dos Santos. Yeah. That was like a real back and forth fight. So you show you can sit in there and take it. So I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to keep. Nurmagomedov off, off of him. I mean, nobody's been able to do that. So we'll see what he can do off his back against him. I guess. What's your pick? Uh, that's tough. I don't know. I'm gonna probably go with Nurmagomedov by decision. All right, all right. Um, I could certainly see that happening. I could even see Khabib finishing him on the ground later after he's worn him down so long. Yeah. The only reason, like, I I love Tony Ferguson, so maybe this is a little biased, but. Um, the only reason I'm going to pick Tony Ferguson is because in that Michael Johnson fight, which Khabib looked incredible once he got into the ground, but those first two minutes of that first round, Johnson was peppering him. I mean, yeah, he, ta he tagged him a couple times, and I don't think Michael Johnson's – like he's a solid, decent striker with decent power, but 
Ferguson is way, I think, a notch above Michael Johnson. And I think he could catch him on the feet. And he's dangerous on the ground as well. So yeah, I think. That's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ferguson's going to finish him and give him his first loss. But I could easily see him Khabib dominate at the same time. But my official yeah. pick is going to be Ferguson. And. Yeah, I'm, I would love to watch Ferguson versus Connor if that could happen. I'd love to watch Khabib versus Connor if that would ever happen. Yeah, or Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz for the interim interim title. You know, yeah. whatever. It's a, it's a deep division. It's a it's a really strong division right now, and this is the the best fight you could possibly make with Conor McGregor out. Yeah, definitely. That's without a doubt. I mean, everybody's been waiting and waiting for this fight, and I thought it was going to happen. I did not think it'd be for a lightweight title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, this was supposed to happen a couple times, I think. First, Khabib got hurt, then Ferguson got hurt, and hopefully it finally goes down uh, yeah. early March, March 4th. Yeah, we're only like three weeks away. Yeah, man. Exciting. First really good card since 207? Yeah. In three months. Uh, next up, Mark Hunt. <laughs> Despite talking mad shit and suing the UFC <laughs> his fighting Alistair Overeem was forced to take this fight and no yeah. choice <laughs> yeah he's fighting Alistair Overeem I mean whose side are you taking this whole Mark Hunt versus UFC debate they're both kind of getting on my nerves yeah I mean Mark Hunt still made a lot of money for that fight didn't he which one Lesnar yeah 700,000 yeah I mean that's like <laughs> a lot of money yeah like so it's not I, like he had to take this fight. Like he's acting like oh, he's like yeah. starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's why it gets on my nerves. Because, I mean, I understand he has a case. Like, yeah. But just the whole way where it's like, you know, I have him out of money. Need to feed the mouths of my kids and all this stuff. Like, dude, you <laughs> made seven hundred thousand six months ago. Yeah, you've never made that much in a fight ever. Yeah then i feel bad for thinking that because i'm like but he does have a point and whatever I'm i mean i get it he has fought a lot of guys that take steroids but that's like that's what you sign up for yeah you take the risk of people doing that it's not the ufc's fault before the fight He's he said basically saying that ufc purposely knew that lesnar was taking steroids <laughs> who knows maybe they did if they did he's got definitely got a case but i mean that's how you ever fucking figure that out yeah i mean the ufc is wrong in most cases but Mark Hunt did say before he fought Brock, leading up to it. I don't care if he's on steroids. Yeah, I know he's on steroids. I don't care. I'm going to knock him out anyway. And then you lose, and it's like... Oh, Turns out he is on steroids. <laughs> yeah, and you're crying. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of steroids, Alistair Overeem, um, what do you think? This is a rematch, I believe. Um, yeah, I think for a while, yeah. Uh, who do you think wins this one? I don't know. It's a good fight. Uh, see how Mark Hunt looks. Um, uh, see how Alistar looks. I really know. Yeah, both coming off a loss. Uh, obviously, over him more devastating. He got knocked out and then claimed that Stipe tapped when he had <laughs> yeah. a choke when it was clear as day. Yeah. He did not. <laughs> that was very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Hunt catches him with one of them big overhands and knocks him Walk off? Yep. <laughs> that would be cool. But I'm going over him. I think he's looked way better, even with the loss to Stipe, since um, since 
I think he he moved to Jackson's. Is that what it is? I think he's uh, trading yeah, with Jack. And uh, he's been way more strategic and not just putting his chin out there because it's a terrible weak chin. Uh, he's been way more strategic. I think Mark Hunt's getting old, older, and I know he's still been effective even his old age. And he could one hit or quitter him, but I'm going with Overeem by TKO in the third. And Mark Hunt gets cut from the UFC immediately following. <laughs> Possibility. <laughs> Uh, quickly, the rest of the fights. Uh, Mursad Bektic, big prospect, undefeated in the featherweight division, is fighting Darren Elkins, the tough little boring to watch, but tough wrestler guy. Uh, I think I'm going Mursad Bektic here. He's going to take care of business, continue yeah, his prospectitis. I agree. Todd Duffy, <laughs> who is like the biggest enigma in the heavyweight division. Do you remember when he first burst onto the scene many years yeah. ago? Like, had like a seven-second knockout and looked like he was going to be unstoppable. Yeah, way back in the day. Then he like got knocked out, got cut from, after one loss. It went yeah, off. he went to Japan. Yeah, too. fought over him and roided up Japan. Yeah. Lost that, eventually came back, had a couple of nice wins, and he just lost again recently. But he's yeah. fighting Mark Godbeer. Which, hell of a name. <laughs> hell of a name. <laughs> Jack Marchman versus Mark Godbeer should be the next thing. Uh, I think Todd Duffy will just knock him out for sure. Knock out Mark Godbeer? He's going to knock him out, <laughs> praise God, and drink a beer. Uh, yeah, probably. I agree. Todd Duffy. Yeah. Besides that here, a little trivia. Todd Duffy liked one of my pictures on Instagram. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> what was it a picture of? Me. Just like a selfie. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> selfie Sunday. Yeah. Todd Duffy liked it. That's weird. <laughs> Got to root for it's him like now. It wasn't like my newest picture or anything, so he must have been like looking through my <laughs> That is so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking UFC heavyweight. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hey. What are you going to do? He's, maybe he's listening to this. We're rooting for you, buddy. Yep, maybe. I hope you finally live up to that potential because heavyweight needs some some prospects for sure. Yep. Uh, we got Ed Herman versus Igor Pokryich, which I don't know if this is at light heavyweight or middleweight, but this is like the epitome of garbage middleweight slash light heavyweight affair. <laughs> These guys have been around like win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, like yep. complete middle of the road, but keep their job because they're in a division where there's nothing. Yeah. Hasn't that hurt even been cut and come back? Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I feel like he has. Uh, I'll take Ed Herman here. I think his last fight he lost to Tim Boach, so he's due for a win. <laughs> no, he lost to Nikita Krylov. Oh, that's correct. He so, beat Tim Boach. That's right. Win, loss, now win. Yes, I'm still going with him. Yeah, he's had win-loss for his past, like, eight fights. Yeah. What do you think? Is that continuing? Um... And now I'm going to go with Igor. All right. <laughs> I just feel like I've seen Igor Prokryich fight probably like eight to ten times, and I still don't know his fighting style. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like show up <laughs> and punch. Yeah, this record's not very flattering. <laughs> the last two fights we have here are... Prospect versus prospect matchups. Um, Lando Venata coming off his incredible 
heel kick, uh, spinning heel kick knockout, knockout of the year. Of John, it was a year. Yeah, that was your knockout of the year. Wait, it was definitely nominated anyway. Yeah. Uh, off John McDessie. He's fighting David Tamor, who is a lesser known prospect, but solid fighter uh, with some some upside. Uh, I thought Lando would have got a bigger name coming yeah. off of that, but I guess why don't rush it? It's a deep division. <clears throat> Give him a chance to develop. Uh, I'll obviously take Lando because I don't know a whole lot about David Tamor, but I hope Vanana just continues to style and make a name for himself. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vanana just based off of his last knockout. I don't know anything about David Tamor. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, The last fight (laughs) (laughs) to talk about is Paul Craig, who's a... I think this is light heavyweight, a prospect out of Scotland who won his UFC debut a couple months ago impressively against Tyson Pedro, who also won his UFC debut impressively against Khalil Roundtree when he beat him up and submitted him on the ground. Yep. Um, I'll take Tyson Pedro here. How about you? I'll go with Paul Craig. I mean, this is just the <laughs> the, pie, <laughs> the week of... Great names. Yeah. Paul Craig. That's a good name. Paul Craig's undefeated. Paul Craig. Paul or Craig, which one? (laughs) He's undefeated. He's 9-0. Lando Venata, obviously. Great name. Star Wars. Um, Anyway, that'll about do it for us. Stay tuned for the next podcast when we recap all the stuff we just previewed, as well as preview... UFC Fight Night 106 in Brazil, UFC Fight Night 107 in London. Maybe we'll talk about World Series of Fighting 35. They are in shambles. <laughs> that is one thing I forgot to mention in news was Marlon Marais pretty much signed with the UFC. Just official, yeah. waiting for that to be official. But it's I heard he might be fighting Jimmy Rivera or something like that in his first fight. Uh, also... David Branch relinquished his two titles, light heavyweight and middleweight titles, and I heard he's about to sign with the UFC as well. And Justin really? Gaethje, yeah, Justin Gaethje is a free agent sometime in February, and I think he might be coming to the UFC as well. So oh, the shit. World Series of Fighting's loss is the UFC and our gain, potentially. Potentially, it's not official, but abandoned ship. And there's three title fights on World Series of Fighting 35. Um, so probably none worth watching, but maybe we'll make note of it. So what are the title fights? Are they like, are they like branches titles? No, I think one's a heavyweight title fight. One is maybe the featherweight title fight. And one is the vacant bantamweight title fight with which, uh, Marlon Marias just relinquished. Uh, gotcha. Uh, we'll also talk... Bellator 175, which is King Mo versus Rampage, and UFC 210 in Buffalo. So, before then, you could shoot us an email, theredbeltreport at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at redbeltreport. I'm on Twitter at the oil report. Yeah, me up on Twitter at Brooks Family. Like his pictures on Instagram and <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review. The podcast on iTunes, you can search for the Red Belt Report or sign up for the Red Box Report feed, which also has our movie podcast. And until next month, we will 
See you later. Yep. <laughs> Still need to catch you. Ain't no sunshine when it's on, when it's on, you niggas know to be gone every time, cause we don't play. Who turn out the lights is what niggas be saying. Now you don't wanna fight, but y'all niggas be playing. Thinking it's alright, keep playing with that boat. And you gon' know tonight when you land in that boat. Dirt getting tossed in your grave. Now it's all over. Preacher said you was brave, but now it's all over. What up the many, plenty, I done gave it to Ain't no saving you No matter how many tears your mom's cry Ain't gon' bring your ass back, plus in hell you gon' cry Why? Now the only two relevant questions is if we bury him a bird Any suggestions? Either way, you up out of here for good Now when niggas mention your name, they knockin' on wood Did I get my point across? Another body on the shoddy, another joint I toss Ain't no sunshine